Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas. Hope that you're enjoying your summer, <laughs> whatever's left of it. Uh, we're laughing a little bit because this is our second take. And so <laughs> it sounded so great on the first take, right? It was all natural. And now I'm like repeating it. No. So yeah, look, I mean, what's left in the summer? I mean, for many of us, the special session starts next week. So we're not feeling some of the same summer vibes as others, but hey, I'm I'm excited about it. I've got Nicole Hudgens in the studio with me today, policy analyst for Texas Values. Nicole, how you doing today? Doing well. Excited to be back and you guys are all fancy. You've got the camera and That's right. all kinds of new things. Oh, I forgot the camera. Nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide here. They can see all of us. I should be careful that I don't make certain gestures to my nose and, you know, whatever. (laughs) Stuff that sometimes guys do and we just, you know, forget people are looking. No. Um, So, you look great, though. Yeah, we didn't do – we forgot to do makeup before we came on. But so – I did a little bit. No filter, right? Hashtag no filter. Yes. So, um, yeah, look. I mean, and I'm kidding. And so, I mean, look, there's plenty of summer left. I mean, for particularly for kids in public school. And so, but hey, we're halfway through at least the summer. And, but there's a lot happening, you know, for those of us that don't take the summer off, the legislature's not taking the summer off. They're coming back to work mm-hmm. in just a couple of days. So on July 18th, a special session starts for the state of Texas. That's a Tuesday. I don't know when they're going to go into session. It's anyone's guess. We're hearing maybe they'll start at 2 o'clock on Tuesday, whatever. I like the alliteration of that, 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Yeah, 2 o'clock Tuesday. Maybe they'll have tacos. It's Taco Tuesday. Of course the Texas legislature would start on Taco Tuesday at 2. I mean, I I eat tacos about every day. But nonetheless, that's just me. Um, So special session coming up, and that starts on Tuesday – Call it what you want, Taco Tuesday. I don't know what other you know names people have out there. But it is going to be a very important day. There are 20 things that the, the governor has put on the call, has said he wants to address. One of those is the privacy issue. Mm-hmm. The other issues, there are pro-life issues. There are school choice issues. And so a lot of important things are going to be happening. You know, there's a lot of discussion, too, when you think about the privacy issue, you th- uh, people are talking about this issue and how it impacts women, how it impacts children. And so it's been very encouraging that you see more and more women being a voice on this issue. And not to say that they, you know, that, that women didn't have an opinion on it or it always has to be, you know, certain dynamics. But it does help when you hear some authentic voices, when you hear people uh, from their own per, you know, particular per, uh, perspective to talk about these issues. And look, I mean, I have a seven-year-old daughter. I care about privacy and, and facilities, bathrooms, shower rooms, and locker rooms. But we know that oftentimes these, a lot of these situations are happening in the girls' bathroom, in the mm-hmm. women's bathroom, if you will. And a lot of women have been violated. They've been alarmed. They felt like their privacy has been violated. And so we're, you know, there are discussions oftentimes about what women think and the impact of women And so 
what we saw recently was a really interesting video talking about women that are in leadership, certain positions. And so, Nicole, you, uh, you're guest hosting, but we have a guest that's going to be on the show today that's going to join us. Uh, Kelsey Harkness is going to join us, and I'm going to talk a little bit about her. She's going to join the show and talk a little bit about her work. And we're going to talk about one video that she was a part of, but also there's a, a lot of things that she's been involved in about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. <coughs> Excuse me. And so uh, Kelly Harkness is the senior news producer at The Daily Signal. She covers education reform, social issues such as abortion, uh, same-sex marriage. I know she's written on the privacy issue. She is um, uh, the news producer at The Daily Signal, and but she also works through that entity um, at Heritage Foundation. She's got a ton of media experience. She's produced some really great videos out there that have gotten a lot of attention, particularly on the religious liberty issue, people that believe that their religious beliefs require them to operate a certain way, and they believe that needs to line up with their marriage beliefs. We'll let her talk a little bit about that. But she's got some great work that she's done. Um, We've met a few times in the D.C. area, I believe, at Family Research Council. So Kelly grew up in Wilton, Connecticut, currently resides in Washington, D.C. Kelly, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hi, Jonathan, Nicole. Thank you for having me. You bet. Well, it's always great to get information from our friends from the national level that see all kinds of things happening and, and really are having an impact, and you are. The, the work that you do at The Daily Signal, the role that you have is incredibly important, and we're excited to have you on. We know that Texas oftentimes, and it's not just you know uh, our own bravado or our ego, that what Texas does impacts the rest of the country, but in the reverse – we know that what happens at the federal level can certainly have an impact on the state of Texas. So while our work really focuses primarily on state issues, we like to talk to folks from the national level to get their perspective on these issues. We saw recently a very interesting video that you produced. We saw it on Facebook about some things that are happening in our culture when it comes to women that are in leadership in a particular women's magazine that you felt like was not really representing this issue the right way. Why don't you lay that out for our listeners and tell us a little bit about it? Yes, well, just uh, full disclosure, I am actually at the Women's March protest against the NRA right now. So if you hear some background noise, that's what's going on here. It's actually, there's a pretty big show right here. Um, and I'm actually here specifically to interview people on the women's issue because what I found is that it seems like these so-called feminists on the left are not very open to conservative women um, being a part of their movement, um, being a part of this women's march, which really was branded as this inclusive uh, organization that was going to represent all women. And then um, within a matter of months, we saw that. You know, heaven forbid you are pro-life, you really are not welcome here. And now they are here protesting the NRA. So I'm in the middle of doing some interesting interviews out here and seeing how um, this movement on the ground, people are reacting to it. But um, going back to some of the videos that I've done on the Daily Signal recently, I've been kind of keeping an eye on what these women's magazines have to say about conservative or even right-leaning moderate women. And the first one that really uh, ticked me off was this article in Elle magazine calling 
um, women like Megyn Kelly, Ivanka Trump, and um, Kellyanne Conway problematic women. And they it was funny because they didn't know how to criticize problematic women without sounding like hypocrites because these are the same feminists that are supposed to be uh, standing up and empowering women. Um, and, you know, instead of taking offense to that, because some women, you know, who are moderate, right-leaning or conservative, you know, we don't take offense easily. And instead, I, I decided, you know, you know what, I'm going to embrace this new title of being a uh, of being a problematic woman. And uh, we made we made a video recently on that. And then just a week later, Cosmopolitan magazine uh, came out with an article about the seven women who could be our next female president. And of course, scrolling through that article, you don't see a single conservative or Republican woman. Um, and I just think that, speaking of problematic, I think that's highly problematic because as much as, you know, we might want to pretend these magazines like Cosmopolitan and Elle don't exist, the reality is that they do. They have audiences, they have followings, they have young followers, and young followers who are very impressionable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a huge problem when they are not, um, rep- not, not just not only representing the views of Republican or conservative women, but really pretending we don't even exist. That's a good point. Well, I think women exist. I have a woman in the studio with me, Nicole Hudgens, who, I don't know, she might run for president someday. Uh, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. I'll stick, a, I'll stick to policy. But I mean, Nicole, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I think that's, you know, first off, Kelsey, I'm so glad that you brought this up because what we're seeing in, as you stated, in the kind of the pop culture arena and these magazines that... I mean, even this week, there was Vogue came out with a horrible article for for young girls, um, promoting them to do things that, that honestly they shouldn't be doing, but really labeling us. And you know, for a movement that claims to be so inclusive and tolerant, they have certainly proved otherwise. Even I mean, as as you stated, you know, right after the the president's inaugurated, there was a huge, quote, women's march. But if you were pro-life, you weren't invited. That's not inclusive to me. Um, and, and there are, there's so many conservative women in the nation at the federal level, but then also, I mean, down here at the state level, we've got Dana Hodges with CWA, who's a great spokes, spokesperson for women. We've got Tracy Bradford. We have um, Cindy Asmussen. I mean, really strong women that are having a huge impact on the Capitol right now. And I think they would fall under these this title of problematic woman, it just seems like the the problem isn't that they're a woman. The problem is that they're against this leftist agenda. And because of that, because we simply differ on beliefs, we're we're problematic all of a sudden. Well, and Kelsey, you may be aware of this, but the privacy issue in intimate facilities is getting a lot of attention in the state of Texas. We're going into special session, and that's one of the issues that's going to be covered starting next week on Tuesday. And the main author of that issue in legislation has been a very strong woman, Lois Kolkhorst, who is a former collegiate athlete. And, you know, the media really does not want to focus a lot on her. They want to focus on the lieutenant governor and other men, I guess, that are involved in the issue. And she has spoken very passionately about this issue. And, you know, I'm sure you see a lot of these issues that, that are worked on when you when you have that female voice. And, and speaking of your video, yeah, I mean, you see people on there, Nikki Haley, Kellyanne Conway. I mean, you know, how much attention has there really not been made about the fact of the role that Kellyanne Conway played in a presidential election 
And you'd think that that would be celebrated more, but it seemed to be very inconvenient for the left. It certainly does. And it's interesting to see the left response to these women. And because it is so difficult for them to criticize them, what they often do, as I mentioned, is just ignore them and ignore their accomplishments, their achievements, uh, their roles in breaking glass ceilings, such as what we've seen with Kellyanne Conway. Um, But I I do think it's very important to have women speaking out on these women's issues, particularly on the conservative side and and pushing back both on the policy side of things and culturally. I mean, that's that's why I love my job at Daily Signal, because I have a hand in policy at the Heritage Foundation, which is very similar to what you all do, important work you all do on the state level. but it's also important for everybody who's involved in policy to be paying attention to the culture because these, as I mentioned, these, these silly magazines that, you know, we all pass by and we know not to pay attention to, a lot of young girls and women are. And if you just look at the articles that are coming out from these magazines, it's really appalling. There's a recent article that I, don't, I can't even mention on air with you right now because the topic is, is um, you know, it's so it's so advanced and the fact that these art these magazines are marketed towards teens i think really is dangerous and so i think that it's really important for people who care about policy to pay attention to pop culture and respond to it and make it known that problematic women are here um i think it's hilarious that they view us as problems that need to be fixed because if you actually look at feminism in history no woman ever got anything accomplished without being a problem well and and speaking of the phrase problematic there's a, a link on your facebook page from an entity called bright which i assume you you have some familiarity with and the, t- <laughs> the title is the article problematic dresses y'all and I'm, I'm wondering what texan was behind that phrase, but uh, or, or just a, an appreciation, or maybe that was y'all's way of trying to reach some Southern gals. But you know, and messaging is is very important, and so and I do think that you know you think about uh, you know young women have looking for role models. I have a seven year old daughter, and and I love for her to have role models to look up to. You know, we've got a great female justice on our Texas Supreme Court that's very active. Her name is Eva Guzman. And she really, I mean, as as smart as she is and as hardworking as she is, she also spends a lot of time outside the court going around, talking to young women, engaging them. And, oh, by the way, she's a Republican. She's a conservative. And so it's been a little bit difficult to dismiss her as a Hispanic in Texas because she has, you know, done been the first in a lot of areas. But, you know, sometimes I think we see that as well, even in that situation, you're at the national level. You see um, these issues playing out. You know, you saw the issue in North Carolina, the privacy issue. You see the religious liberty issue playing out. You're doing a very good job. So is the Heritage Foundation, all the work y'all are doing together to highlight these type of things. Um, There are big issues that women care about. They care about owning a business and not losing it like Kern's Bakery here in the state of Texas um, because of their views on religious views on marriage. They care about issues of privacy. We see women like, um, uh, I'm forgetting her name, uh, Triller from um, Kaylee Triller. Kaylee Triller. And so the, you know, but these, they are stepping into the fray, if you will, on the important issues of our day. And, you know, y'all are doing a great job at Heritage at highlighting these issues. 
Well, I appreciate you saying that. And for all the young women out there or for any adults who maybe have daughters like yourself, I'd actually really encourage um, you to get the word out about Bright. Bright is a daily email for women by women. Each each weekday morning, you'll get an email authored by a female conservative or right-leaning editor. And we bring you the news of the day, um, maybe with a little spunk, a little sass. We, sass, we try to have some fun with it. Um, and, and, and bring you the news that you're not getting from these um, you know, cosmopolitan and L-type magazines. So just know that these alternative products are out there. Um, we, we love seeing your support. And if, and if you are a problematic woman, actually, my friends over at The Federalist um, design T-shirts that say problematic woman. So I think um, we are trying to make ourselves known that we're here, we have a voice, we deserve to be heard and no longer ignored. And our impact will, will hopefully... Um, be heard both on the local level down down in, in Texas regarding to policy, and then and then on the national level um, from Congress to pop culture. Well, Kelsey, we appreciate having you on the show. As I was mentioning, we have our special session coming up in uh, starting next this coming Tuesday, July eighteenth. It's going to be a lot of focus on the issues here in Texas, particularly on the privacy issue and some on the pro-life issue. And you're going to see, I think, an effort to ignore or maybe not focus as much on the voice of women because it's inconvenient to the issue. We're going to work on doing that. We're going to work on highlighting that and getting good information out there and letting people know that women care about this issue. Anything that you and your group can do to amplify that a little bit more would be appreciated because we know how much respect people have for your work. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on, and we appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you again, Kelsey. Thanks for the work you're doing. All right, hold your own out there, too. I know you will. (laughs) Yep, it's 90 degrees here. (laughs) (laughs) It could be 100 if you're in Texas. All right, Kelsey, we will have you on, and we'll look forward to hopefully we'll see you at Value Voter Summit in D.C. soon, if not before then. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. Well, that's great. Nicole? You know, you know, maybe maybe we could have some women in Texas come down for the privacy committee hearing and speak. And, you know, I could totally see a Texas woman making a bejeweled or bedazzled problematic woman T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> As she was talking about it's catchy. that. It, it is. Hats, T-shirts. We could, we could totally make this a movement. But, no, I think that's so important that she talked about this because um, I think – especially when it comes to the privacy issue. This is a, this is a real women's issue. Uh, the left likes to say that that other issues are only women's issues, but like you said, you have you have a 7-year-old daughter, you know, it's a concern for you as a dad, but if if we're really going to talk about women's issues, um, let's talk about the privacy issue where our privacy as women is violated if a man comes in there in in a shower in a locker room. Well, let's bathroom. talk about this little girl Shiloh. I think she's older than my daughter. How old Shiloh? 9, maybe 10 years old. Mm-hmm. But, you know, very similar age group or close to and this is a young girl who along with her father has spoken to the Texas legislature, has appeared at a couple of different press conferences mm-hmm. and really held herself out there along with her father. On this issue, she's from Dripping Springs, and this issue matters to her. It's a concern for her if there are boys going into her bathroom. And this is her life. This is her world. Mm -hmm. So you can't 
deny her voice. You can't act like it doesn't matter or that it doesn't it's not significant because that is where the issue is hitting. Right, exactly. And I'll never forget being in Fort Worth hearing from a young high school girl address her school board after they issued guidelines that would have allowed boys to go into girls' showers, locker rooms and bathrooms. They did it without the parents' vote, uh, without parent parents' input and they the school board never voted on it. They simply implemented it. And I'll never forget her asking the school board I have a nine-year-old little sister. What if something happens to her? It's it's essentially it's your responsibility to protect our privacy. What are you going to do about it? So there, these are very real issues that affect young girls and women all across the state. Well, we've just updated our list too of the privacy violations in the state of Texas. It's two pages long at this point. You know, we hope that there aren't more incidents, but the way this issue has been going. You know, it's likely that there will be. I mean, in some and many of those, some of them have been in places like Target. Um, So let's talk about the policy issue for a second. We're going into special session. There's been a couple of bills that have already been filed before the session starts on the privacy issue. One of them has been House Bill 46 by Ron Simmons. Um, Senator Colcourse has said that she's going to file her bill, which I imagine will not be identical to Simmons, even though I think they have some shared goals, if you will, on this issue, and they want to get something done. And they're um, likely communicating to some degree, as you've heard, but she's saying her bill will be Senate Bill 3. We'll see if that's the the number, but that's what we're being told when um, all that information comes out and, and is public. But the issue, you know, we have seen more and more support grow, if you will, for protecting privacy in legislation at the statewide level. We've seen more incidents happen. Frankly, it just seems like there's been more reporting of it. Maybe these incidents were there and just people were not realizing how they were connected or that it was happening in a bathroom. And so I think more and more more people know about what's happening and they're realizing at the local level it hasn't been handled well. Dripping Springs, Fort Worth, they would Dripping Springs school district would not even allow the parents to have this issue as an agenda item when they started allowing boys to go into girls' bathrooms. They completely wanted to set it aside and deny parents a official voice on this issue. That's why we were asked to get involved. And so, you know, I don't think it's any surprise that now we're at a point where the states like saying, "Look, we're going to have to do something about this. So we have a consistent law across the state. There are over 1,200 school districts. If all of them are just doing kind of this patchwork of laws, it's going to be very difficult. You have students traveling from one school district to another for um, academic events, for extracurricular events. Parents need to know whether their kid goes to one public school or another, the privacy is going to be protected. Right, exactly. And I think one thing that's just so important to remind our listeners is that this fight came to us Fort Worth was the first school district in our state that enacted these policies, again, without a vote from the school board, without input from parents. We saw what happened a few years back in San Antonio and in Houston. A lot of people talk about polls. You want to talk about the best poll in the state is when the city of Houston voted down an ordinance that would have allowed men into women's restrooms. But that, of course, was after the voters had to sue uh, the mayor because she refused to lawfully put that issue on the ballot. So, And we saw five pastors subpoenaed simply for talking about that issue. I mean, if, if we're going to talk about where local governments are overreaching their bounds, Houston, San Antonio, Fort Worth School District, Dripping Springs, now Capel, those are, are key issues. But then also, let's not forget, two 
just a couple weeks after the Fort Worth Independent School District issued their guidelines, the federal government issued a letter from the Obama administration threatening our Title IX funding if we didn't allow boys to go into girls' showers, locker rooms, and bathrooms. The federal government. What's What we're thankful for, though, is that the Trump administration rescinded that letter. But if you read that letter carefully, you'll see that he made sure that the states had a primary role. They were part of that equation of having a primary role on this issue. So we as the state of Texas, we're supposed to get involved. And so that's why we're doing this during the special session. Uh, so we just got a couple of minutes left. And so let's not let's make sure we don't forget to smile for the camera. <laughs> um, we're doing we're having some fun. Um, if you're listening on the radio, you, you can't see this. But if you go on Facebook, you go on our website, you can see this on our social media channels. We're carrying the program uh, video as well. So you can see that on social media as we're talking about these issues. You know, they I don't know. Some people like to see who's talking. Sometimes that's the exciting thing about radio. I don't know. But anyway, so just different ways that we're using to try to help engage people because we want you to learn something from this show. We want you to be educated. We want you to be equipped. You're probably not going to get this information anywhere else. I mean, maybe you get bits and pieces. Uh, who knows? But oftentimes we fall into this trap of thinking we've talked about certain issues so much. Oh, everybody's heard about it. And very few people have. Um, so so this is a way for us maybe to get your attention a little bit more and think about these issues. One of the things that some folks are calling for is to have people come to the gallery in the House and the Senate every day during the special session. Mm-hmm. If you haven't made plans to come to the Capitol yet during the special session, please do that. We don't know yet when there's going to be a hearing. Um, it's possible you could see a hearing on the privacy issue as soon as Thursday. We don't know that that's going to happen. But as soon as we know, we're going to let you know because we need people to come to the Capitol. We need people to engage on these issues and have their say. And so just be ready. But it starts on Tuesday and it goes at least 30 days. And so I know people are traveling and they've got different things going on during the summer. But this is an opportunity when maybe you have more flexibility in your schedule. Come to the Capitol and spend some time with us. That's where we're going to be, Nicole, because right. that's what we do at Texas Values. You can find more about our work at txvalues.org. You can donate to us, too, tax-deductible donation to our work. And if you want to continue to get the best information and the most comprehensive information statewide in Texas on faith, family, and freedom, we will see you here on the show next week on the Texas Values Report. Texas Values.